another episode of the Sales Book Club podcast. Uh, this episode here, we're going to review Atomic Habits, Atomic Habits, geez, by James Clear. I've got uh, Ryan with me, Daniel with you. Um, just real quick, a brief overview of it, and then we'll get into it here, fellas. So James Clear uh, wrote this book uh, fairly recently. I was interesting as I was reading through it. He he makes a reference to Tinder, and I said, "Wow, I thought it was a little bit older book than that." So uh, 2018. What's that? 2018 is when it only only five years old. Uh, great book. It's just, um, in my opinion, it, it's more expanded version of the compound effect by Darren Hardy. Both books go hand in hand very well together. Um, and I'm sure we've got some takeaways with it. But with that, uh, yeah, I'll just kick over to you, Ryan, and see, you know, what was your overall thought on it? Yeah, so uh, I'm probably the perfect candidate for this book because I do perform at a decent level in life. However, I am terrible about habits. Like, I'm honestly, a sh I don't even know how I got this far in life. Um, <laughs> just wing it. <laughs> but, uh, so what I liked about the book, just in a general overview, is the fact that he actually offered realistic things that you can do to implement. It wasn't just hey, create good habits. It was like, how do you create good habits? You know, four laws of behavior change, which we'll probably talk about, for example, late. Um, so in general, I, I found the book was a good read. It kept me kept me entertained. I didn't feel like it was a bunch of BS and fluff. Yeah. And I just thought it was applicable, both for sales or if you're just dealing with business life in general. I mean, it's a great book to kind of have in your back pocket as a knowledge base that you can build upon. Yeah, very very well said. How about you, Daniel? What were your, some some of your thoughts on it here, real quick? Yeah, I appreciated that he sprinkled in. It wasn't an overwhelming thing, but it, there was sprinkles of sales and business examples throughout mm -hmm. the book. So it, I think it helped. Um, kind of, it was a mix between like personal and business examples, and and like you said, Ryan, sort of like a lot of like incremental and intentional things that you can do. Uh, I thought that he. It, that helped carry the book along uh, really, really well. And and there's probably a couple of those key sales uh, points in here that we'll probably bring up, a, a, particularly for you know our podcast. That's important. But um, but yeah, I, I I thought it was great. My uh, I surprisingly f have decent habits after reading this book. I was oh, like, I, I do that. I do that. Just yeah, I, I, you know. <laughs> My wife helped me uh, a lot along the way, but um, and a lot of it was just out of pure frustration of beating my head against walls. So you know, you figure things out. Uh, that's, uh, but it, it, I think it's great, and it brings I think people back to a really well grounded sense of like what your behaviors as a we'll say, and as an adult in particular, I think it's really good at identifying. All right, are these behaviors what I want and what i what are productive right because that's essentially what those your habits boil down to so um no it was a it was a easy quick relatively quick read especially on audible what you zach yeah i think i think you hit the the nail on the head there both of you guys um very easy read i, I read gosh, 50 pages just in a, a one sitting and and i don't I enjoy reading, but it takes me a while to do it. Sometimes I feel like, so like you said, very easy to read. Um, and then you'd mentioned something, Daniel, you said, are, are these the behaviors I want? This couldn't be at a more applicable time for me to, to read this. It's just crazy how things 
um, kind of fall into place, you know, starting a new position here about three weeks ago. And I actually hired um, my first uh, like personal coach, like outside of yeah. like work and stuff like that, just to help me in like personal life, um, work too. And then just, you know, professionally and just all, all around really become a better person and develop some habits. So it was really great having a meeting with him about, uh, was it Monday? Yeah, Monday. And then reading this book, finishing it up this week and just we basically talked about, hey, what kind of habits do you want to create? So it, it just a, a great um, timing for me, really. And, and there's a few other things that we'll get to. But one of the things that stood out to me just in the first chapter was just to see, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure we can all do the math, right? But if you got 1% better every day, that equates to 30, about 37% better on the year. I think it's just mind-blowing to think, I just got to get 1% better every day to have a drastic increase um, you know, there's <laughs> nice. A, yeah, look at that perfect with the the picture. You know, I I think uh, in Darren Hardy's book, The Compound Effect, he talks about doing that same thing, but like from a, like a weight loss perspective, if you just like ate X number of calories per day, and he goes on throughout the you know he extrapolates it out for like a year, and it's like one guy gained. 37 pounds or something like that and one guy lost 37 pounds and all they did was like not eat like one piece of candy or something just another illustration of like you just gotta be a one percent better every day uh for for drastic change and people think it's boom instant night over success overnight success excuse me but it, but it's really not so what, what about you ryan what was something like That's that a, for you yeah i actually heard something yesterday i was as i was doing my research some more on this book it, it was talking about you know sometimes we have a goal let's say it's be a, know how to build a table or something like woodworking and we may not have any any knowledge on how to do that but the end goal is there but it can be a little overwhelming right and you're thinking all right this is going to take me a year to learn and some so people will put it off but they, the person that was talking about they they had this standpoint that that time, that year time is going to pass regardless of whether you're learning a skill or not. And so why not just take advantage of the time that you're already given? We're all on the same timeline. So um, I do appreciate that incremental change is key and it's not overwhelming. Uh, and I've heard it from other people years ago. I used to go to Tony Robbins events and things, and he talks about that as well. You know, he says, look, just a little bit, a little bit more each day and don't overwhelm yourself. So I, I, that's what I really liked about this book was, it, again, he offered practical insights for busy professionals. Yeah. Yeah. If I feel like just if you read just the first chapter of this book, like you would, it's going to get you probably 50% of the way through the book of what, like, mm -hmm. what it intentions. It's a really good, like, I guess, high overview and like call it like a thesis, if you will. Um, but but some of those like problems uh, like he kind of goes through uh, several problems about habits and kind of gets toward the the end of the chapter there's a couple of lines and it was like awesome first notes but kind of reminded me of like athletes right and a lot of times salespeople and at, there's a lot of uh, commonalities of like from mentality mm -hmm. and, and ethic between athletes and salespeople and, and i'll just read this this line or couple lines here is true long-term thinking is less goal thi goalless thinking. It's not about a single accomplishment. It's about the cycle of an endless refinement and continuous improvement. Ultimately, it's your commitment to the process that will determine your yeah. progress. And I was like, that is so true in so many things in life that it's like it don't don't focus on the result, focus on 
the what gains momentum right yeah. that's how do you gain momentum um and then there's a second line and this is so true this is where i i realized i actually have some decent habits and it comes back from being an athlete again is you don't rise to the level level of your goals you fall to the level of your systems which is so true is mm-hmm. and that's where i think the rest the most of the rest of the book goes into those systems yeah. um around around you it's I really appreciated a book about habits. Like there's plenty of them out there that they go in. It's like motivation, like yeah. style. And it's like, just right off the bat, it's like he squashes the whole motivation argument. And it's like, all right, great. Because everybody has motivation for a day, but like long-term habits don't come from just pure will of motivation. So um, yeah. yeah, that was a good setup to the rest of the book. That motivation is key, though, because, <laughs> I mean, I think we all. So when I was in the Marine Corps years ago, we had a phrase we'd tell each other, kind of said it like flippantly to one another, but we'd tell each other, stay motivated when you're doing something hard. And um, in reality, you're not motivated to do hard things. Usually <laughs> you're just not. And so you have to pull from a different source of strength and power. What's that? What's the phrase? Embrace the suck. Is that a Marine Corps? Or is that a Navy thing? No, the, the I was going to make a joke, but we're being recorded about the Navy. Um, but yeah, uh, yes, embrace the suck is very much a Marine Corps thing. Just yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. You know, it, I agree with you, Daniel. I think that's one of the, um, I guess, most popular lines. If I had to guess from from James Clear, is you know, you fall to the level of your systems. Um, he he kind of says it in a different way in chapter two as well. You know. Focus on, you should always be focused on, you know, becoming the person that you want to be, not the particular outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually wrote an article on LinkedIn about this maybe a year ago or so, maybe maybe a year and a half, I forget now, um, about just, I reached out to another colleague and was like, hey, what are some of your goals for the upcoming year? Because it was towards the end of the year. And it was really interesting to hear that they said, hey, we're fo- I'm focusing on these behaviors, so to speak, rather than like KPIs of like, this is what I want my sales pipeline to be. This is how many meetings I want. Um, and it, it was really interesting to hear that because I, I had known about Atomic Habits, but hadn't really read it too yeah. much then. Um, and that's basically what he was telling me. It's like, hey, I'm just focused on the behaviors, the action, or in, in the actions, the results will come from, from doing those actions. I, I think uh, a practical viewpoint because sometimes when you think about habits and processes and all this, it can seem a little overwhelming, but think about your friend circle, right? We always, we become a sum of who, you know, an average of who we hang out with. And when you're hanging out with dirtbags, you're usually a dirtbag. But when you're hanging out with high achievers, even if you're not a high achiever in that moment in time, you're, you're striving towards it. And I, I think that's what's great about this book, that it just highlights those. Yeah, I would. I think you know he kind of covers that. Like, there's two there's two aspects that he covers in different chapters. One of them was like identity, right? Is like, uh, if your identity is that I'm, you know, lazy or something like that, that you, you're going to actualize that. If you're yeah. if you shape if you change your identity of like, and I think there's a a, a good example he uses, and and I've always I've always done this is like I should do something or I will do something. Like just the the just that subtle change in in phrasing mm-hmm. matters a lot with with actually completing any kind of goal. It's like I I am 
versus I will, you know, should yeah. or will be. It's just it's those those funny little um, you know, cues mm-hmm. to like I kind of give insight into like where your personality's at and like, all right, sometimes you just have to change just the little stuff like that of like I will get up in the morning and go work out instead of I should, right? If you get you just change that, that alone can help start the momentum to momentum shift that yeah. you need to to get going have you guys heard of the concept of time blocking uh, time blocking. Yeah. yeah so i've been i get very busy at work and overwhelmed and i think we all have to-do lists right but um i've been reading a lot and it kind of made me think of this book with processes and, and things like if you instead of having a to-do list, if you actually assign a time, hey, 10 minutes to work on whatever this task is and just put it on your calendar, that's going to get you way more productive than just staring at a list of things to check off. And again, going back to that passage of time, you know, our eight hours a day or whatever we're spending at work, it's it's eight hours regardless. So are we being effective with that eight hours or are we not? Yeah, he he kind of talks about that in a roundabout way. Um, yeah. You know, he started, but specifically it was like when you started a new habit, right? There was the group of three people that they brought in, and long story short, the like the one group said, "Hey, I will exercise on Tuesday at six p.m. by just saying the day, and uh, excuse me, the the day, the time, and the place." They were, I think it was. Let me look at my note. It was ninety-one um, percent of them actually followed through with that. So. To your point, Ryan, you know, it's like, hey, I will respond to emails at two uh, tomorrow or what, whatever mm-hmm. you have to do or something like that. Um, and I don't know if it was in this book or not, but it was like the point and call. I read that somewhere one time of like how the Japanese in, um, uh, implemented this where they like say, hey, the lane's clear. It was more specific on like the railway train system. And they would say, yep, it's clear. It's clear. And like they would just point and call out everything that they're doing. Um, and it improved the efficiency in in the Japanese subway system just tremendously. It was crazy. Yeah. So more so, you know, really back to just saying, hey, I will do this at this time, at this place, um, and, and during this day. Yeah. Not to sidetrack the conversation, but there's a, a great... That's the whole goal. I know. There's a really great... Uh, pl- platform I use for for kind of time blocking and uh, attributing like where my time's at and it's mixed in both it's like a calendar and a to-do list like mixed together where you can kind of drag and drop stuff um it's called Sunsama it's fen- phenomenal to use um and it You'll integrates in with a, yeah it, it integrates in with a whole bunch of different stuff but it helps again like time block it and you can like put like categorize your time blocking if like in in a sales example is like, all right, this is rev- you know, customer facing time. Like, all right, I want to make sure I keep either whether mm-hmm. it's on the phone or whatever. I want to keep X amount of my week work week, uh, you know, above that percentage is great. But hey, I got an email in. I know I have to deal with it later. I can drag and drop anyway. That not to derail that, but it does. It helps just knowing just knowing like where your focus is at, right? And and attributing that time and the energy in the right places, I think will get some of those habits better ingrained than others. Yeah. Um, one thing that I, I really, uh, I can't remember what chapter it was in, but there was a, a, a phrase there that was 
I think it said standardize before you optimize. And I thought that was for me, at least uh, that is, that was really helpful because I'm always trying to optimize everything and be super efficient and like, kind of like to your comment about like being efficient. It's efficient's great. Effective's probably better. Um, but optimization a lot of times hits more efficiency than it does effectiveness. And so there's, you probably have a balance there, but man, from a habit perspective, it's easy to go to like, all right, I need to restructure everything and be as efficient as I can in reality to actually build a habit. It's like, I think he goes into like the, uh, like two minutes, right? Just, just do spend two minutes doing whatever that is. And then you can walk away. But like, it's the, it's not the time total spent on anything. It's the amount of times you start it. It's just yeah. like, it's that volume. It's the volume over uh, duration. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, we talk about it at work where I work making impact. You know, there's a lot of activities that we can do, but do those activities lead to impact? And it's kind of how I framed this book when I was reading it is we all are busy doing something, but are we actually making an impact on on our end goals? You know, I think I think uh, a lot of great information there that, you know, one of the things that I really liked in the in the book was, you know, a lot of people have motivation. It's just that they lack clarity. And I think you kind of touched on that, Daniel, of, you know, some people want to to do things, but they're just not sure how to do them. It's like, you know, we talked about there was a chapter that titled Walk Slowly, but Never Backwards. The, the most effective form of learning is practice, not planning. People who are afraid of cold call, you know, and then I made this note, you know, people who are afraid of cold calling will just say, hey, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. So it's like, just pick up the phone. Just like, just make one. Just start with one. And then maybe the next day we'll get two. And then three. It's like, if you if you just start just the, the getting in that um, habit of picking up the phone, hey, I just have to. Uh, but making little progress every day. So I, I agree 100%. There was a, there's a, he's kind of, he goes into a, a, one of the chapters about talking about stress and like, like kind of what that means to, to people. And so essentially a habit is a shortcut to manage stress. And I had a similar thought that you had Zach on like, all right, I need to start cold calling. It's like, what's the aversion of picking up the phone and calling people? It's the stress. It's the anticipation that someone's either not going to answer or they're going to hang up on you or, or you're going to have this uh, this unpleasant feeling because of the result on the other side. Mm. But in reality, it's like it, the anticipation is uh, like when it comes to like dopamine and like this, that anticipation is where you have the biggest hit, not in the result. It's in the anticipation of it. Right. And it's like, all right, how, if that's a stress, you know, if that's a stress, like, all right, how do you manage that stress or that, or that anxiety? Can you manage it differently you know, and put it in a, maybe a different spot where you, you can still pick up the phone and, and make those dials that you need to make. I thought that was really helpful. And I think that's where you use the example of the the paperclip thing, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, just, I know I need to move a, a bunch of these paperclips from one jar to the other, which means I yep. need to make those calls. It's like, that's, that's super helpful. It's like, I, whatever I, no matter how this goes, the stress of, of seeing that jar on the left side still full at the end of the day as a bigger anxiety than just, <laughs> Yeah. You know, getting over getting over the what ifs of, of whether somebody answers the phone or not. 
Yeah, uh, I had an on-site customer visit earlier this week, and it's funny. I had slides to present. I was presenting some, you know, big titles, and uh, as I sit there waiting for my turn, I feel anxious and clammy and everything. But the moment I'm talking, no stress, right? But it's all about <laughs> that anticipation. You're building things up in your mind. Yeah. So. And, and how he and how he talks about like, hey, this is a good thing because you know this means it's important or stuff like that. You know, he talked through that chapter about how, hey, I am nervous, but it's a good thing because this. Mm -hmm. And just like we we had mentioned earlier, it's just it's all about the mind mindset of how you how you look at it. You know, it's a, it's a great thing. Hey, this is important to me, and I I do get stressed at it, but here's why and and understanding more about that. So. And like you said it perfectly, right, Ryan? Hey, you made it through. Like you, you're recording yeah. the podcast now. It's it wasn't the end of the world. No, and I think we confuse things sometimes. We think stress or anxiety should be avoided at all times, and I don't think that's true. No, I don't. I agree with you. I think that that makes us way. You have to have a balance with or within that range of emotions, and it's just how yeah. you interpret those. Uh, that's key you know uh, he used that that same example like a presentation of like yeah you could you get clammy but like just a simple mindset shift like you said zach can turn that into like i get to like help you know guide them on a path and you can spin that um that stress into like adrenaline and get super excited about it really quickly if you just kind of reframe it differently um, yeah that's super powerful and in, in a lot of different things. Same thing with uh, uh, um, kind of with back to sports again, but you know, he was, he played baseball and, and when I ran track it was the same thing is like that, that warm up ritual before yeah. you have to go out there. Once you go, you go through that and it's like that habit over as you create that habit, doesn't matter what your mindset is or how big it, the race or game or whatever was coming up to that. Once you get into that motion of like your warm-up routine it's like oh something clicks and it's like all right this is the, that the rest of the the motion takes over and it's just you have to build up that um that call it you know, memory you know yeah, muscle, muscle memory or yeah. mental or mental memory right of of like that process you have to build that up over time it doesn't happen overnight and so that's where that incremental gains of like i've been doing this for three years is i approach it the same way the result doesn't matter it's i go through the process and now i'm ready i thought that that's a, it was a great example of kind of like bringing some different worlds together and um kind of some shared experiences that you just have to look at a little bit uh, different angle or uh, extra angle yeah it kind of reinforced something uh, when i was in the marines years ago if we had a six-month deployment we actually trained for about a year prior to that six-month deployment so by the time we got there you know there's still unknowns but we we felt confident in our abilities and i think we do ourselves a disservice sometimes where we don't take the time to prep or we slack off because it's so overwhelming and then we just try to wing it and it's like <laughs> the book's telling you not to avoid certain things it's like just prioritize them and, and put a process in place so you know I, I i agree with you know i think of um you know playing sports as a kid and stuff like that you know one one thing that they would always stress you know shooting free throws is, hey do the same routine every single time um and then kind of transition into professional life when i present i feel like if i am excited about a topic 
I tend to talk a little bit faster and quicker. And so I had a great, great boss one time tell me, hey, slow down a little bit when you present. And then a couple times while he was in presentations with me, he's in the back and he was just kind of like, um, for those of you who can't see, if you're listening to it, he just kind of like would push his hands down, kind of like give you the slow down method. So from yeah. then on, before I present, um, most of the time, I'll just write down real at the top in, in all caps, you know, slow down. It's just like if you glance back at your notes, it's like, all right, perfect. It's like in your peripheral of like, hey, just just stay uh, at, a, at a normal level rate of, of talking. So. Yeah, I agree. That ritual of just the same thing every time puts you in that mindset. Um, kind of transitioning, I really wanted to touch on on chapter nine. I, th- I thought this one was great. I'm a, I'm a big Jim Rome fan, and you actually mentioned it earlier, Ryan. He, Jim says that you're yep. you're the average of the five people you spend the most yep. time, with, right? So in this chapter here, I've got a couple notes. Uh, James talks about uh, proximity has a powerful effect on behavior. Basically, the same thing that Jim said. Um, but one other thing that I liked in here uh, was he says to make your habits even more attractive, you can take a strategy one step further and join a culture where your desired behavior is normal. Or behavior is normal behavior in to you already have something in common with the group. So the, it's, he said this is the most effective way to build better habits. So like I think of me, um, you know, personally was at the Blind and Shades company. Um, nice people, great, great company, but it just wasn't a fit for me. Um, just from like a technology standpoint, I think, it just wasn't as, I'll say, mentally stimulating and nothing sure. against the company or anything like that. Great people, great company. It just wasn't a fit, right? Like at the end of the day, you have to enjoy what you do. And so yeah. in the last, I think it's three weeks now with the new company, I'm just like, like my wife's like, man, you're just so much happier. And I said, yeah, I just, I enjoy what I do more in this team that I'm on. We're just all rowing the same direction. We all have the same goals, ambition. Uh, and that makes a massive, massive difference. And I want to bring that up just so, you know, anyone that's listening, it, I'm a big fan of if you're not happy and you're not a fit culturally, find one, find yeah. one. Where you're I don't care yeah. if you've been there four or five months, because someday when I get into that hiring manager role and I say, hey, you're only there three months, why? If you truthfully come back to me and tell me that, hey, it just wasn't a good fit and I changed and it was much better, like more power to you for making sure you are happy in life and progressing at the place that you want to be. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Uh, he, environment matters a lot. Uh, and that's, you know, in, in a lot of different uh, environment. And then even like, I think he kind of goes into like genetics too, genetics plus environment, like the back to like that structure. And I think like he gave the example of like, you know, Michael Phelps is a, you know, obviously a world-class uh, a swimmer and he's like, what, six, four, yeah. uh, you know, giant guy. But um, and there was a, a guy who was a 1500 meter runner. I can't think of his name right now, but what's funny is like, they both have the same inseam, right? And that, that's, that uh, was hilarious. Cause the other guy's five foot eight, Michael Phelps is six foot four, but genetically they're just wildly different. And it's like, well, it, if you would have put Michael Phelps on a track for 1500 meter, which is just less than a, a mile, or you put the other guy in a pool, like ju- doesn't work ethic. Doesn't, it, it's not going to overcome the, yeah. the natural tendencies of both or and genetics of both, of both people. Like you have to be in a spot where like you're suited and supported, um, to to reach those kind of habits that you want to create and those goals that you want. 
Uh, and so it's like, yeah, I could have the best habits ever and in the worst environment, but it's not going to actually lead to what that, you know, goal is. So back that kind of goes back to like the process. It's like, all right, is this a process where I can get that incremental improvement every single day? And that's where it's it's hard to it's hard to manage or judge that, but you learn it over time. Um, yeah. Wherever you wherever you go. Yeah, absolutely. And I would agree with both of you guys, too, that we can be ill fitted for certain roles and responsibilities. And we sometimes think it's a failure on our own part. I mean, sometimes maybe it is. But in reality, there's some natural fits that we all have that we would just be, excel at so much more. So, you know, a math teacher doesn't teach English, for example. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, you know, later on in that chapter, one other note on that one, um, or, well, two notes, really. One, he says, nothing sustains motivation better than feeling belonging to a tribe. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, when you, just like you said, uh, Daniel, you, you have to be in a spot where you're supported or where it suits you and where you're supported. Like, the amount of cohesiveness that you have with your team that you work with every day has a has a massive impact on, on your, uh, really, your habits and where you want to go in life um and one of the other notes that i put down was we talked about this earlier it's like ah, i should go to the gym or i i should read that book you know for like me it's like when people you know i have to get in the mindset and just continually say i like to read no i am a reader and the podcast helps me be a reader because i have to be accountable to you two to be able to continue this and carry on a conversation with it um, and I read, I, I feel like when I read a book that we are going to discuss, I read it so differently because I take notes, I, I highlight a lot more and stuff because I have to be able to talk about it. And, and for me, I feel like it helps impact me um, to like be able to just understand the book better because I, I, I've got to really divulge information and process it. So, no, you're right. <clears throat> yeah. Can't half can't do it halfway. <laughs> no, yeah, right. <laughs> so we we've got maybe about five five or so minutes left here, fellas. What um, I guess a good a good thing that we always try to do is what what's one or two key, key takeaways that you guys are going to take from from this book here. I mean, for me, the two takeaways were you can't rely on motivation alone, and you have to have processes in place to be successful. Um, I kept, I, I've said it multiple times now, but the passage of time is the flow of time is constant and it's, what are we doing with that time? And there's, I'm not always successful at that, right? We all waste time, but uh, it's kind of similar. I, I think there was an example in the book where I read somewhere else, you know, we have to do dishes, for example, or house chores. And if we're just looking at like, that's something I have to do at some point, you know, we always kind of dread it. But if you just have a normal process in place of picking up dishes and putting them away and things, it just becomes part of your routine. And then you don't really think about it. Yeah, there's an example. There was a guy that he was like, uh, I think he was from Natchez, Mississippi. He was an IT professional. And he he's like, the the guy apparently to other people he has like really really great habits of like you said picking up the house doing dishes stuff like that and he's like oh no I I'm proactively lazy and <laughs> I was like I I that's me I like I don't I, I don't I, I put my keys on the hook when I walk in the door because 
the stress of trying to find it or and mm-hmm. it's like no 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 it's that those those kind of things that it's like that's why i, I got it where i i i feel better about my my day and i'm more well, not even productive i just you know feel like i can accomplish more when i have keep those habits and one of the things i've slipped out of lately uh is like getting up early is I, I, it's i've started probably since i started reading this book again was um just started getting up early in the morning so i can like okay let's make sure i get everything ready for the day so when we come home in the afternoon it can you know we're uh, as a family, like we can spend time as a family together yeah. more instead of having to like do chores and stuff like that. That's important to me. And like, if it means, uh, I got to work a little bit more, you know, here and there to just do those little things to set myself up for less stress or a better scenario. Like those are easily achievable. It's just trying to recognize why am I doing it? I'm not doing it because people might come over. I'm doing it because, I want to spend time like actual productive time with my family. So yeah, uh, that was one that was like, ah, it's an easy one that it just fall out of habit of. Yeah. uh, For me, always the worst feeling at the end of the day is when you've gotten to the end and you don't feel like you've done anything of value. (laughs) I've had plenty of days like that. So this book was a great read to kind of reemphasize how to, how to get the right mindset and right, right processes in place. Hey, I made I made our bed the last two mornings, so you know that was a start. My wife is all about making our bed, and you know what's funny is even if the rest of our bedroom is kind of a mess or there's clothes on the floor, the bed's made, and it just makes you feel better mentally. Yeah, I don't know, Zach. Are you making the bed? I mean, you're stuck with a baby, so yeah. So I, it's interesting you say that because I I used to never make it. I'm just like I literally would think like, why would I make the bed? I'm gonna get right back in it. And yeah, why shower? Why do anything? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a little different. Um, but now it's for me, it's almost like an anxiety thing or like it's like a calming thing of like it's not it's not prim and proper and like put away, so to speak. It's like just get up in the morning, takes 12 seconds to do or whatever. And it's boom, it's, it's done and over with. Um, I think some of the big takeaways for, for me, the two, these kind of go hand in hand is you know, the, the chapter 11 there, walk slowly, but never backward. Just, just start whatever habit you're trying to implement. Just start, do, do something, get those repetitions in. And then that coincides with, um, you know, the two minute rule about just, if it, just do it for two minutes, you know, like the, yeah. that chapter you said, just read one page because generally you, when you open up that book and you read one page, you might go, ah, oh, let's read that second page or that third page. Or like, if you're like, I want to go, I want to walk for 30 minutes a day. Hey, I'm gonna go walk for two minutes and be done. Or yep. just like, like he talked about just getting your gym shoes on. I just got to get them on. And as soon as I get those shoes on, it's like, all right, I'm committed to go to the gym now or whatever it may be. So, so yeah, those just never walks um, or walk slowly, but never backward. And then just, you know, at least try it for two minutes. And then, and then there you go. Yeah, there's there's a few of those like tipping points where it's like if I can just get to this, the rest will be in motion and then uh, I'll be a lot better. It's like trying to recognize what those uh, triggers are for like you as a person. I think it's it's important. Um, Zach, here's uh, here's I have another if to help you make your bed. There's a book called Make Your Bed and it's by a former Navy SEAL and Admiral. Yeah, he has a great yeah. speech on it. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. There was a great speech. I think it was like Harvard or, or something, or maybe it was. Yeah, it's on uh, YouTube. You can find it if you. Yeah, Google I thought there was something it. like that. I, I do make it 
fairly consistently now. Before I used but to, it's not, a, but I, I do now. But it's a, it's a, it's in the same like realm of, of we'll say thought of like you've got to you know do the easy thing you know, and once you have that level of accomplishment and and you know it starts to it starts to grow and you stay, start to take pride in things. I thought of these two books, those two books are they're in some ways similar, but they also sort of go hand in hand. Yeah, they do. And, um, you know, unless we show physical proof picks, Zach, I don't know if we, we know your bets made or not. So yeah. going to ask for that after the fact. Yeah, well, well on, the, on the next recording, we'll just have to we'll have a check in on it, I guess. <laughs> so, well, fellas, any, record, any record from the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, any final thoughts, fellas? You know, I think something we always talk about is who who's the book written yes. for. And I think this is a great book for a salesperson because in reality, most sales guys are C students, right? Like, let's just be real. Like, we weren't <laughs> the top performers. Yeah. That was like, this guy. <laughs> I'm in grad school and I'm like, whatever a passing grade is like i don't care if i get straight a's and most sales guys are like that right and so we kind of wing it and or sales people i should say and so i think this book is great for a, a salesperson because it just gives you a template that you can follow but also even if you're outside of sales and you're just a, a busy professional like it's a very useful book so i, I think it's targeted to a great audience and um you know James Clear is probably making plenty of money off it, hopefully. So, <laughs> no, you should be. Yeah, I think it was was nice. Like I said, I have both of the hard copy and audible version, and I think Same. the audible version is is really easy to listen to. And like, and he doesn't get overly complex or technical, and so it's really good just kind of for anybody. I think who's uh, you know likes to listen to good content. I think it's a, it's a good place to to go there. And um, yeah, for salespeople and and. Uh, is it for everybody like I, probably you know in hindsight a lot of the stuff i sort of already intuitively knew so it's like for high level athletes yeah probably not that important but sure. if uh if you find what you call yourself a high level uh, not not anymore not anymore <laughs> one one day in the past there that happened but um i look back on it fondly uh the you know but i think for for people that are not we'll say struggling with their habits per se, but really kind of have a lot, a little bit of a lost sense of like, why, right? Yeah. And like, why am I doing this? Right. It kind of goes back to behaviors. Like why, uh, if you're kind of confused with why you do things, you're too, like, I think it's really good. Um, like if you shoot yourself in the foot, if you're one of those people that shoot yourself in the foot, probably a really, really great book. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Know exactly. Yeah, I, I, I would agree um, that the the salespeople would be it, it's great for them because I feel like so many people in sales are outcome driven. You know, I, my whole career it's been okay, make either make this income or make these mini meetings or have the pipeline mm -hmm. of this or API of this. Um, so instead of you know having that paradigm shift of oh, instead of outcome driven, let's be process driven because once you're process driven, those results are going to come. I, I, I'm looking back on my career, I've seen the time in a great um, habit following time. And you think of, wow, think how much success you had during that time. And it was just all about the process, the process. Um, just back to like, uh, I think Daniel said to you, em embrace the suck, right? So 
Gotta embrace it. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> fellas, it's been great. Um, join us next time in another episode of the Sales Book Club podcast, and we hope to see you soon. Yeah, thank you.